You're listening to The World in My Eyes. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. And hello, Renegade Nation. And welcome to yet another episode of The World in My Eyes, where I get to share all of the crazy voices in my head with you on a regular basis. And we've spent such a great deal of time getting very intimate with each other. But in case you're new to the program, I am the naughty mistress with the mostest, that melodic goddess, and the deviant diva, Naughty Nicole Delacroix. Now, before we get started with today's show, I do want to remind all you little listeners out there that if you're searching for some naughtiness on the internet, which, let's face it, you found me, and I'm pretty naughty, but you want to make sure that you visit our sponsor, Adam and Eve Toys, because if you're in the market for an adult toy, or if you just need a little help picking out that perfect toy, head on over to Adam and Eve Toys, because they are going to help you out. And guess what? By being a Renegade listener, they're going to give you one hell of a deal. Use special code BABE69, that's B-A-B-E-6-9. They're going to give you 50% off of one item, but that's not all. No, 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 there's more. They're also going to throw in free shipping. They're going to throw in three choice adult movies to get you inspired. And a very special Renegade listener gift. And let me tell you this, the folks over at Adam and Eve Toys, they really do know how to treat you right. So make sure that you head on over there today and pick up something extra naughty. Tell them Nicole sent you. Also, don't forget that the Renegade Talk Radio Network is growing each and every day. We've got a brand new website, and it's so much easier to find all of your favorites, like me. So make sure that you've got the website bookmarked, and make sure that you check out all the other fascinating and provocative shows on the website. We've got deep insight into conspiracy and conspiracy theories with Everly Isby, entrepreneurship with and business with Heather Havenwood. And as always, we've got hilarity and thought-provoking hijinks with Richie and our very own Sammy the Sausage Man. And you can also check out my other show, Big Trouble in Little Vagina, where we work on becoming better partners, better lovers, and better people in general. And don't forget, we've got great talk radio on its way to you, so make sure you're checking back daily because I promise you this, you do not want to miss what's coming up next. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. So on today's episode of The World in My Eyes, we're looking at the first presidential debate and talking about what went right and what did not rub us the right way. There was so much going on Monday night, and it was so difficult to keep up with everything and take it all in. I know that's funny that I say that it's hard to take it all in. I know Richie, Sammy, Everly, and Heather did a fantastic job doing the play-by-play, but now that we've had a moment to take it all in and, well, let's face it, lose our lunches over it, we can break it all down and start processing everything. And since everything lately has been politics, 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 blah, I'm simply going to do a little fact-checking house-cleaning, talk about what pissed me off, and what had me nodding my head in agreement. Because if you're anything like me, you may still be on the fence about who you're going to support. And let's face it, guys, we're getting down to the wire. We've got to pick somebody. So here we are, inside the great political machine. 
And if you've been here before, you're probably familiar with the putrid smell of lies and mendacity and that slightly queasy feeling that you get just walking through the door. Now that we have leaders for each party, even if we don't get to hear or see the other two parties, <coughs> libertarians, it's time to get down to brass tacks, as it were, and, well, debate the issues. <laughs> Only if you're looking for actual issues that's going to affect your life, maybe your family or your community, <laughs> You've come to the wrong place, my friend. <laughs> no, because the only thing that either party is interested in is winning your vote. So they're going to pander and promise to the very worst of our society and never deliver a fucking thing. Sorry. That's right. Either party is going to use you like that bad date that you had that one time where you drank far too much, had a most disappointing and humiliating sexual encounter, and were left in a sobbing heap on the floor. Only difference? Well, you're not going to get the free meal first. So, let's at least look at how each of the candidates excelled. Well, let's say they exceeded our expectations. And where they faltered? Or, in my opinion, made us so angry that we wanted to throw something at the TV to make it stop. But we don't, because TVs are expensive. And how would we watch The Walking Dead if we broke the TV? Right? Alright, so let's get started with the Democratic Party's offering of a subpar human and plague upon the human race, Grammy Clinton. Now, where I think she faltered... <laughs> Do you know that she actually tried to come prepared with some zingers? <laughs> yeah, that one didn't go over very well at all. No. She strained to call Trump's tax plan the trumped-up trickle-down economics as if she'd actually forgotten what she was supposed to say at that moment. Was that maybe a senior moment? Huh? And what the fuck was up with her calling Trump Donald all the time? Seriously, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. He was respectful and called her by her title and her name. He said Secretary Clinton. He was being respectful. But her constant use of his, of his first name was actually a ploy, Renegade Nation. It was so that you would see Trump as beneath her, so to speak. And her speech, oh my fucking God, her speech. It was so slow and deliberate to the point of robotic. Maybe I noticed it because, you know, I was listening intently and I was just kept thinking, what the fuck is wrong with her? But it's the kind of thing that a media coach would say is way too slow and actually gave me the impression that somebody was feeding her the lines as she was talking. Anybody else feel that way? I'm thinking you did. Clinton also failed when she claimed that she was merely expressing hope that the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal would be a good deal. In reality, as Trump said during the debate, Clinton had called the trade deal a gold standard in trade agreements, but then changed her position during that 20, the 2016 Democratic primaries. Clinton's claim that implicit bias was a problem for everybody is definitely going to come back to bite her in the ass. She asked if police were implicitly biased against black people, and Clinton said everyone had that bias. And I'm going to quote, I think implicit bias is a problem for everyone, not just police. I think too many of us in our great country jump to conclusions about each other. And therefore, I think we need all of us to be asking hard questions about, why am I feeling this way? What the fuck are you talking about, Grandma? 
It seems to me that she just implied that everybody in America is a racist. After calling half of Trump's supporters a basket of deplorable, and in a video that was released last week, you can clearly see Clinton angrily blaming her own supporters as the reason why she's not up in the polls. And I promise you this, this is a problem because Clinton now has a clear pattern of lashing out against the voters. I'm sorry, lady, but you can't keep insulting the American people and expect to win. Sorry, Grandma, I don't, bu- I don't care what kind of cookies you're baking, unless, well, they happen to have that special glaucoma medicine that I buy from my dealer on the corner. I'm just not buying it, lady. Seriously, not buying it. Now, I'll admit there were some parts where she did excel. On race, Clinton had a built-in advantage, given the number of minorities that support Democrats. But she also had some great points about the criminal justice system. She was correct in saying that a young black man would face a harsher sentence for the exact same crime as a young white man. <clears throat> Can we talk about the, the 60 days for rape? Her lamenting of putting so many people into the prison system for nonviolent crimes was really great for me to hear in a presidential debate. But the truth is, is that both sides have been slowly coming around to the to criminal justice reform. Now, her response to Trump's claim that she didn't have the stamina to be president was probably the best response I ever heard. Um, But in case you missed it, this is what she said, and I'm going to quote. Well, as soon as he travels to 112 countries and negotiates a peace deal, a ceasefire, a release of dissidents, an opening of new opportunities in nations around the world, or even spends 11 hours testifying in front of a congressional committee, he can talk to me about stamina. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that a lot of those things, like your congressional committee testimony and the release of dissidents, I'm not buying that you did all of that in the same day, but I will give her that. It was a really great quote, and I give her props for that. So now let's switch focus, and let's look at the orange steamer pile that the Republicans have offered up to us. Pop, pop, Trump. Oh, Donald. What the fuck, dude? Seriously, where I think he faltered. Well, first of all, he kept coming back to NAFTA and the loss of companies in Michigan and Ohio. It was a really great point at first, but he just kept coming back to it and it sounded like a broken record. And honestly, it turned me off. Worse than that, he made the most random comments and they were completely out of place. At the beginning of the debate, they're discussing the economy, and Trump randomly brings up the Islamic State. I was like, dude, what the fuck? (laughs) The two candidates are talking about tax policy, and Trump tells viewers to go to Clinton's website and look at her policy on the Islamic State. I kid you not, this is what he said. She's telling us how to fight ISIS. Just go to her website. She tells you how to fight ISIS on her website. I don't think General Douglas MacArthur would like that too much. First of all, Trump, not a lot of people know who Douglas MacArthur is anymore, so maybe you might want to bring it up into, I don't know, the 90s or something, like maybe General Petraeus. You know, some voters might not be that old. But seriously, you're talking about taxes. Why the fuck are you bringing up ISIS? It's, I mean, seriously, it's not a bad line, but it was completely out of place in a discussion of tax policy. 
And it left me scratching my head. I have to say it. I mean, seriously. I mean, okay, I don't have balls, so I, I have to scratch my head. But, I mean, I was just like, huh? And the truth is, is Trump really, really, really needs to not defend his comments about women. I mean, I'm not even joking. At one point, he said that Rosie O'Donnell deserved what he said about her. Now, I'm not the biggest Rosie O'Donnell fan, to be perfectly honest, but no woman deserves to be spoken to in that manner. So, no. Just no. Stop it. Stop it now. Stop it forever. Just no. Don't do it. Now, where Trump excelled. Now, I'm going to admit there was a really low bar set for Trump during this debate. And, well, he did exceed it. I mean, it's not hard to step over a, a bar that low. Right off the bat, his opening statement, he was far more subdued than he has ever been during the Republican primary debates or any of his rallies. So that was, you know, point one. Trump was all, also able to point out that Clinton has been in public service for 30 years and asked her why she was just now thinking of these solutions. Seriously, it was probably my favorite quote from the evening. And this is what he said. And Hillary, I just ask you this. You've been doing this for 30 years. Why are you just thinking about these solutions right now? For 30 years, you've been doing it, and now you're just starting to think of solutions? Seriously, brilliant. Simply brilliant. I'm not, I'm not even joking, Renegade Nation. That was awesome. It made me think back to the failed health care plan of her husband and just made me irate about Obamacare. Seriously. Now, if you want to talk zingers, Trump had his zingers, seriously. When Clinton said she believed she'd been blamed for everything by the end of the debate, Trump asked her, why not? Seriously, that was a total zinger, and it was perfectly timed. Now, Trump did agree to release his tax returns if Clinton agreed to release the 33,000 emails she deleted from her private email server. That was an epic line. I just wish that Trump would have spent more time focusing on her emails and the mishandling of classified information as a reason for her to not be president. I mean, he mentioned it a little, but not really enough to drive that point home. So all in all, Trump had some valid and brilliant points, but he put them in the wrong context. So voters really didn't get the message. Grandma, on the other hand, well, <laughs> the 80s are over and the robot is so last year. So you can, you can see where I stand. All right, my dear listeners, we're just getting started. And before we get too far into it, we need to take a moment to visit our sponsors and maybe check out a little music. You are listening to The World in My Eyes. I am still naughty, Nicole. And this is Renegade Talk Radio. So meet me back here after the break. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. 
So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE69 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE69 at adamandeve.com. Haha, <laughs> welcome back, Renegade Nation. If you're just tuning in, this is The World in My Eyes, and I am still Naughty Nicole. And today, we're talking about the presidential debates and just how fucked we are voting this year. And if you don't want to get screwed over, then make sure you're visiting our sponsor, Adam and Eve Toys. They've got a vast selection of adult toys, movies, and oh, so much more. And if you're looking for something really special, then make sure you head on over to Adam and Eve Toys right now. Okay, maybe after the episode. Because they will treat you right. I promise you this. So, Renegade Nation, let's jump right back into the debate. And let's start with a little fact-checking. And to be perfectly honest, both candidates kept fact checkers really busy throughout the debate as they sparred over their policies and records on economy and national security and even the environment and their own personal pasts. But were they always telling the truth? (laughs) Seriously? Uh, I think the only time a politician tells the truth is, well, when they're dying. Um, And maybe not even then. But how often did Trump and Clinton spin the facts to fit their own personal arguments? So let's talk about the first one. Trump claims that he did not say that global warming is a hoax perpetuated by the Chinese. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Mr. Trump. That is wrong. Because back in November 2012, you did tweet that the concept of global warming was created by and for the Chinese. Now, this tweet resurfaced in January 2016 when former Democratic candidate Bernie Sanders pointed it out on NBC's Meet the Press. The next day, Trump addressed the comment on Fox and Friends, saying that his tweet was basically a joke, saying, I often joke that this is done for the benefit of the Chinese. Obviously, I joke. But this is done for the benefit of China because China does not do anything to help climate change. And he has, on other occasions, from 2012 to 2015, called global warming a hoax, though he's not really attributed it to the Chinese in these other, on these other ones. So I'm sorry, that one is false. Now, on Clinton, who has been fighting ISIS her entire adult life. Well, first of all, that's obviously false, because she's, what, like a thousand now? And ISIS is, like, relatively a new thing. I mean, ISIS has its origins in Al-Qaeda in Iraq, the Sunni insurgent group founded in 2004, after the U.S. invasion and occupation of Iraq. In 2013, the group rebranded itself as the Islamic State in Iraq and Al-Sham, which is ISIS, and shifted operations to include Syria, where the civil war enabled its growth and resurgence. Now, obviously, this occurred even after Clinton had already finished serving as Secretary of State. Clinton is 68 years old. She turned 18 in 1965, which was almost 51 years ago. So seriously, even me as bad at math knows that that is really not true. Then let's switch to something Ms. Clinton said. Trump started his business with $14 million that he borrowed from his father. Well, that's kind of true, and it kind of isn't. I think she's exaggerating the facts, 
But the truth of the matter is, is that even Trump himself claims that his business grew out of a $1 million loan from his father back in 1975. But if you actually do the fact-checking, a casino license disclosure from 1985 shows that in the late 1970s and early 1980s that Trump took $14 million in loans from his father and his father's properties, according to the Wall Street Journal. Now, the initial loan may have been $1 million or maybe $1.3, whatever. But, you know, she did kind of exaggerate the facts a little bit. So let's be honest here. That one's going to be a false as well. Now, Trump said that Clinton called the Trans-Pacific Partnership the gold standard of trade deals. And I think we've already kind of covered that because that's a yes and a no. Because Clinton did say that it sets the gold standard and has used many other glowing terms to describe the agreement. But she did not say that it was the finest deal that she had ever seen. While Clinton served as Secretary of State, she promoted it well after negotiations began in 2010, saying in 2012 in Australia that it sets the gold standard in trade agreements to open free, transparent, fair trade, the kind of environment that has the rule of law and a level playing field. She used many other complimentary words, including exciting, innovative, ambitious, groundbreaking, cutting edge, high quality, and high standard according to a compilation by the fact-checking site PolitiFact. But there are no clear records of her saying it was the greatest deal she had ever seen. Furthermore, Clinton began to moderate her position on that particular agreement as she began preparing her second presidential bid, culminating with a full renunciation of it during a 2015 PBS interview, in which she said, As of today, I am not in favor of what I have learned about it. It's, it is worth noting that she was not serving as Secretary of State when the deal was finalized. Clinton, and Clinton countered Trump in Monday's debate by trying to clarify that she said she had hoped that it would set the gold standard for trade. But it's clear for her, from her 2012 remarks that at least one time in public, she did declare it that it set the gold standards with no qualifiers. So on that one, we're going to call it a draw. Then we have Trump said that he's not suggested that he would negotiate down the national debt. Now, that one's kind of iffy, too, because Trump did suggest that he would renegotiate the national debt in an interview with CNBC back on May 5th, but then said in the Wall Street Journal on May 10th that he would buy back U.S. debt at a discount. Um, in fact, he's quoted as saying, I'm only saying you can buy back. I'm saying if interest rates go up, you can buy debt at a discount on the market, just on the market. You just buy back debt on at a discount, is what he told the journal. Now, to me, it doesn't really clearly say that he's saying he's going to buy back that debt, but we're going to put that one in the iffy column. Next fact, Hillary Clinton also fought it insisting Barack Obama is not a natural-born citizen, which is the basis of the birther movement. Now, I think we all kind of know that this one's false, but we'll go into it. A Politico report has linked Clinton's most ardent supporters to the circulation during the 20, 2008 campaign cycle of an email suggesting that Obama was actually born in Kenya. But no evidence has ever been found connecting this claim to Clinton or her campaign. Since 2008, no fact-checker or journalist has uncovered any evidence linking Clinton or her campaign to the start of the birther movement. 
But an ABC news analysis found that Trump tweeted 67 times about the birther movement, including after Obama released his own birth certificate. So, yeah, that one, I'm sorry, going to put that one in the no. Trump on the Iraq war. Well, that one's going to be seriously false because Trump expressed support for the invasion of Iraq before he expressed his reservations. Back on September 11th in 2002 on a Howard Stern show, he was for invading Iraq. Trump at the time answered, yeah, I guess so. Okay, so that sounds like he might have been a little bit iffy about it as well. But by January 28th, 2003, he did express some concern about the possibility of an invasion, telling Fox Business's Neil Cavuto that President George W. Bush has either got to do something or not do something, perhaps, because perhaps shouldn't be doing it yet, and perhaps we should be waiting for the United Nations, you know. Yes, yeah, seriously, he is not the best public speaker, um, and again, still a little iffy in my book, but honestly, it sounds like Trump now portrays himself as having been an outspoken opponent of the invasion, when the truth is, his public statements in the lead-up to the invasion tell a much different story. Next one, Clinton says Trump advocated for the actions that the U.S. took in Libya. Well, that one's mostly true. In a video posted on his YouTube video blog on, in February 2011, I'm sorry, 2011, Trump called for intervention in Libya. It's a carnage, he said. Now we should go in. We should stop this guy, which would be very easy and very quick. We could do it surgically and save these lives. Later, he claimed to have never discussed Libya, which is wrong, and to have supported a surgical intervention killing Gaddafi only and not taking any other actions. Next, Trump said it was wrong that he had been praiseworthy of Russian President Vladimir Putin, as Clinton claimed. That, I'm sorry, is false. Trump has publicly said favorable things about Putin numerous times, usually while criticizing Obama. In a GOP primary debate hosted by NBC News, Trump described his strategy for dealing with Putin by saying, I would talk to him. I would get along with him. Now, again, some of these things are a little bit iffy because there's no clear I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But... When Putin authored an op-ed on Syria in the New York Times in September 2013, Trump tweeted that it was a masterpiece for Russia and a disaster for the U.S. So, that one, make your own mind up. So, Trump on crime rates. Oh my God, no, 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 no. That's just wrong, sorry. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio was sworn into office on January 1st, 2014, and each of the first two years in office saw an overall drop in the seven major felonies. And so far this year, major crimes are down nearly 3% compared with the same period from last year. So no, 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 no. Clinton said Trump said he didn't care if Japan, South Korea, and Saudi Arabia get nuclear weapons. That one again is going to fall under the iffy. Trump has said that America's allies should pay more of their defense costs. Earlier this year, he seemed to say that Japan might be better off if it had nuclear weapons to defend itself from North Korea. At a town hall in March, he seemed to support Saudi Arabia's having nuclear weapons, but quickly reversed himself. 
In June, he denied that he wanted Japan to get nuclear weapons. He wants America's allies to take more responsibility for their own defense and has at times indicated that it would be okay for Japan to have access to nuclear weapons to defend itself from North Korea. But, you know, it's kind of wishy-washy and it doesn't really give us a clear position. So make your own mind up on that one. Trump denies saying that pregnancy is an inconvenience to employers. Sorry, I have to tell you that no, 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 that one's false. Trump said just that in an October 2004 interview with NBC's Dateline. In the interview, he did say pregnancy is a wonderful thing for the woman. It's a wonderful thing for the husband, and it's certainly an inconvenience for a business. And whether people want to say that or not, the fact is it's an inconvenience for a person that's running the business. So, no, I'm sorry, Mr. Trump, you did say that. Now, on the stop and frisk question that he was asked, that one was kind of mostly false. Lester Holt was actually correct. In August 2013, a federal district judge ruled that NYPD's stop and frisk tactics violated the constitutional rights of minorities, calling it a policy of indirect racial profiling. Then-Mayor then Michael Bloomberg appealed the case the Second Circuit Court temporarily blocked the judge's order and removed her from the case, finding that she had compromised the appearance of impartiality surrounding this litigation. But the court stopped short of overturning the ruling. The stop and frisk program was still in the midst of the appeals process when newly elected Mayor Bill de Blasio, who supported the district court ruling, settled the litigation and ended the controversial program. So, sorry, that one was false. Then he went on to say that it works well. Well, yes and no. There's been a lot of debate about whether stop and frisk is effective. Trump often cites the example of the tactic being used by police in New York City, as he did again on Monday. When violent crime fell in New York City while stop and frisk was first implemented, the crime rate also fell nationally and in places where police don't employ that tactic. Stop and frisk may have some limited impact, but it's not clear how effective it is. So really, we need to stop talking about it because honestly, it is very biased. And to be perfectly honest, the use of stop and frisk has decreased nearly 97% in New York City since 2011, and it's pretty much out the door because crime also decreased significantly significantly during the same period so check out the facts sorry no according to this one clinton claims that trump's tax plan would add five trillion dollars to the debt and cost the economy jobs i'm sorry to say that one's true under Trump's current tax and spending proposal, the debt over the next decade would increase by about $5 trillion, according to Moody's latest estimate. An estimate from the Committee for a Responsible Budget says both Clinton and Trump would increase the debt relative to current law, though Trump would increase it by an order of magnitude more, and Clinton's plan would slightly reduce deficits if we incorporated unspecified revenue from business tax reform. Specifically, they estimate that Clinton's plan would add $200 billion to the debt over the next de decade, but Trump's plan would actually add $5.3 trillion. So make up your mind on that one. Trump on the Democratic National Committee hack. Well, that one's really mostly false. U.S. officials have uniformly told everybody and other it, all the major news outlets that evidence in the Democratic National Committee's hack points directly to Russia. 
In addition, the firm hired by the DNC to respond to the suspected breach, which was CrowdStrike, conducted an investigation and later issued a statement saying it identified two sophisticated adversaries as being behind the the hack. Both adversaries engage in extensive political and economic espionage for the benefit of the government of the Russian Federation and are believed to be closely linked to the Russian government's powerful and highly capable intelligence services. Just last week, the top Democrats on the House and Senate Intelligence Committees, Senator Dianne Feinstein from California and Representative Adam Schiff from California, issued a statement that said, Based on briefings that we've received, we have concluded that Russian intelligence agencies are making a serious and concerted effort to influence the U.S. election. At the least, this effort is intended to sow doubt about the security of our election and may well be intended to influence the outcomes of the election. We can see no other rationale for the behavior of the Russians. Well, other than, you know, they may be a bunch of gangsters, like they say. Trump said that Ford is moving jobs out of the U.S. Well, I'm sorry to say this one's mostly false. Ford did announce that it's moving production of the small Ford Focus to a new plant in Mexico. But the move will have absolutely no impact on U.S. jobs. While the new plant begins production of the Focus, workers at the Michigan plant that manufactured the car will also be making two brand new vehicles. All right, my precious listeners, it's that time again, and I need something to drink, preferably hard liquor. And we need to visit our sponsors. So take a moment, check out what they have to offer, and meet me back here after the break. I'm still Naughty Nicole, and you're still listening to The World in My Eyes here on Renegade Talk Radio. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Give 50% off one item when you type BABE69 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE69 at adamandeve.com. Welcome back, Renegade Nation. And if you're just tuning in, well, you are listening to the world in my eyes. And I am still the very naughty Nicole. I hope that during the break that you took a little bit of time to visit our sponsor, Adam and Eve Toys. Because they have got a great selection of adult toys, movies, and oh, so much more. And we're going to get you a special deal as a Renegade listener. Use special code BABE69. That's B-A-B-E-69. And I promise you this, Adam and Eve Toys, they're going to treat you right. Now today, we've been talking about the presidential debates. And honestly, all I can say about that is... And we're probably going to have a severe hangover for the next couple of years. Doesn't matter who we, who we get, it's going to suck. And to be perfectly honest, 
I'm pretty much nauseated already. So we're going to change focus because I'm kind of sick of talking about them. So I read a book recently called Biocentricism, How Life and Consciousness Are the Keys to Understanding the Nature of the Universe. I know, I read a lot of weird shit, but this particular book has really stirred up the internet. Oh, the trolls, they are coming out. You want to know why it stirred up the internet? Well, because it contained a notion that life doesn't end when your body dies. That really, it can last forever. Now, the author, the author of the book is a scientist by the name of Dr. Robert Lanza. And he just happened to be voted the third most important scientist alive by New York Times. And he has absolutely no doubts in this theory. So it got me thinking, if he's the third most important scientist, we know Stephen Hawking is going to be the first. So does that make Bill Nye the science guy number two? Or maybe it's Neil Tyson deGrasse. See this, I don't understand how this guy falls in as number three. Anyways, Lanza is an expert in regenerative medicine and scientific director for advanced cell technology. Before he's been known for his extensive research, which dealt with stem cells, he was famous for several successful experiments on cloning endangered animal species. But not so long ago, this scientist became involved with physics, quantum mechanics, and astrophysics. This explosive mixture gave birth to the new theory of biocentricism, which this professor has been preaching ever since. Yep, biocentricism teaches that life and consciousness are fundamental to the universe. It's the consciousness that creates the material universe, not the other way around. Lanza points to the structure of the universe itself and that the laws, forces, and constants of the universe appeared to be fine-tuned for life, implying intelligence existed prior to matter. He basically claiming that we have thought everything into being. He also claims that space and time are not objects or things, but rather tools of our animal understanding. Lanza says that we carry space and time around with us like turtles with shells, meaning that when the shell comes off, space and time, he means, we're still going to exist. The theory implies that death of consciousness simply doesn't exist. It only exists as a thought because people identify themselves with their bodies. They believe that the body is going to perish sooner or later, thinking that consciousness will disappear as well. If the body generates consciousness, then consciousness would die with the body. But if the body receives consciousness in the same way that a cable box receives satellite signals, then of course consciousness doesn't end at the death of the physical vehicle. In fact, consciousness exists outside the constraints of time and space. It's able to be anywhere and everywhere, in the human body and outside of it. In other words, it is non-local in the same sense that quantum objects are non-local. Lanza also believes that multiple universes can exist simultaneously. In one universe, the body can be dead. In yet another, it continues to exist, absorbing consciousness which migrated into this universe. This means that a dead person, while traveling through the same tunnel, ends up not in heaven or hell, but in a similar world where he or she once inhabited, but this time alive, and so on and so forth, infinitely. 
It's almost like that com- cosmic Russian doll of afterlife effect. You know, nesting dolls, right? That's cool. This hope-instilling but extremely controversial theory by Lanza has many unwitting supporters. Not just mere mortals who want to live forever, but some pretty well-known scientists. These are the physicists and astrophysicists who tend to agree with existence of parallel worlds and who suggest the possibility of multiple universes. The multiverse is, all, is a so-called scientific conflict, concept that they defend. They believe that no physical laws exist, which would prohibit the existence of parallel worlds. Now, the first one who ever believed this was a science fiction writer by the name of H.G. Wells and proclaimed it in his 1895 story, The Door in the Wall. After 62 years, this idea was developed by Dr. Hugh Everett in his graduate thesis at the Princeton University. It basically posits that at any given moment, the universe divides into countless similar instances, and the next moment these newborn universes split in a similar fashion. In some of these worlds, you may be present, listening to this radio show, or maybe even watching TV in another. The triggering factor for these multiplying worlds is our own actions. If we make some choice, instantly one universe splits into two with different versions of the outcomes. In the 1980s, Andre Lindy, a scientist from the Lebedev's Institute of Physics, developed the theory of multiple universes. By the way, he's now a professor at Stanford University. And he explained, space consists of many inflating spheres, which give rise to similar spheres, and those in turn produce spheres in even greater numbers, and so on to infinity. In the universe, they are spaced apart. They're not aware of each other's existence, but they represent parts of the same physical universe. The fact that our universe is not alone is supported by data that's been received from the Planck Space Telescope. Using the data, scientists have created the most accurate map of the microwave background, that so-called cosmic relic background radiation, which has remained since the inception of our own universe. They also found that the universe has a lot of dark recesses represented by some holes and extensive gaps. Theoretical physicist Laura Mersini Houghton from the North Carolina University with her colleagues argued, the the anomalies of the microwave background exist due to the fact that our universe is influenced by other universes existing nearby, and holes and gaps are a direct result of attacks on us by those neighboring universes. So there's an abundance of places or other universes where our so-called soul could migrate after death. And that's according to the theory of this neo-biocentricism. But the question becomes is, does the soul exist? Is there any scientific theory of consciousness that could accommodate such a claim? Well, guess what? According to Dr. Stuart Hameroff, a near-death experience happens when the quantum information that inhabits the nervous system leaves the body and dissipates into the universe. Contrary to materialistic accounts of consciousness, Dr. Hameroff offers an alternative explanation of consciousness that can perhaps appeal to both the rational scientific mind and personal intuitions. 
Consciousness resides, according to Stewart and British physicist Sir Roger Penrose, in the microtubules of the brain cells, which are the primary sites of quantum processing. Upon death, this information is released from your body, meaning that your consciousness goes with it. They've argued that our experience of consciousness is the result of quantum gravity effects in those microtubules, a theory which they dubbed orchestrated objective reduction. Consciousness, or at least proto-consciousness, is theorized as to having a fundamental property of the universe, present even at the first moment of the universe during the Big Bang. In one such scheme, protoconscious ex experience is a basic property of physical reality, accessible to a quantum process associ associated with brain activity. So, technically, we're our own Big Bang. <laughs> our souls are in fact constructed from the very fabric of the universe, and may have existed since the beginning of time. Our brains... They're just the receivers and amplifiers for the proto-consciousness that's intrinsic to the fabric of space-time reality. So is there really a part of your consciousness that's non-material and will live on after the death of your physical body? Well, Dr. Hameroff told the Science Channels through the Wormhole documentary, let's say that the heart stops beating, the blood stops flowing, the microtubules lose their quantum state. The quantum information within the microtubules is not destroyed. It can't be destroyed. It just distributes and dissipates to the universe at large. And Robert Lanza would add here that not only does it exist in the universe, it exists perhaps in another universe. If the patient is resuscitated or revived, the quantum information can go back into the microtubules, kind of like putting the toothpaste back in the toothpaste tube. And the patient says, I've had a near-death experience. But if they're not revived and the patient dies, it's possible that this quantum information exists outside the body, perhaps indefinitely. We can call that a soul. This account of quantum consciousness explains things like near-death experiences, astral projection, out-of-body experiences, and even reincarnation without needing to appeal to religious, religious ideology. The energy of your consciousness potentially gets recycled back into a different body at some point. And in the meantime, it exists outside of the physical body on some other level of reality and possibly another universe. If you're interested in more on this subject, I've posted a YouTube link below for a video of Robert Lanza talking about biocentricism. It's really interesting and I promise you, you will enjoy it. And with that, We've come to the end of our episode. I know, don't cry. And I do thank you for joining me today. Maybe you learned a little something, or maybe you just like listening to the crazy voices in my head. And I promise you this, if you did, don't hesitate to let me know, because I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at my website, www.nicole-delacroix.com, or you can reach out to me on Twitter at at Nicole Delacroix. And... If you're enjoying this episode, then make sure you pick up a copy of my book, Sexual Confessional, Confidential Admissions from Social Media. You can pick it up on Amazon.com and all other major booksellers. That's our time, and I do want to thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio, and don't forget to tune in next time. Until then, 
In the immortal words of politician Barney Frank, the left and the right live in parallel universes. The right listens to talk radio, the left's on the internet, and they just reinforce one another. They have no sense of reality. I have now only one ambition, to retire before it becomes essential to tweet. <laughs> Thanks, Barney. Like that one. And see you next time, my precious little heathens. We don't sugarcoat shit. <laughs> this is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.